0: Welcome, all you good movie buddies, to the Popcorn Diet—a movie podcast for those who live on a steady diet of movie theater popcorn and other delicious movie snacks like roses, roses, or goldfish. Goldfish, but not the cracker—the an actual living goldfish. Mm. As always, I am your very best good movie buddy, Rick Williamson, and as always, well, usually, as usual, joining us today is our other good movie buddy, The Canadian Machine, Mr. David Melhorn. David, how you doing today?
1: I'm doing fantastic. Are you feeling,
0: are you feeling uh, festive we're holidays? Around, we're
1: around the holidays. It's that true. means you know, work slows down a little bit. Yep. Yeah. Get a little time off. Hopefully, get to see some movies. Hopefully,
0: depending on when you're listening to this, you're either having a great Christmas or you had a great Christmas. Mm-hmm. Or or Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or Christmas Kwanzaa whatever you celebrate
1: festivus for the rest of us
0: festivus for the rest of us we hope it was a great one um and we are here now talking about our new lord and savior aquaman mm. <laughs> now we 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 saw a lot of movies came out this weekend david it's hard to hard to you know kind of find the time uh based on what we wanted to watch and you know you and i have already devoted so much of our own like actual you know time on this earth To the DC universe Mm -hmm. that here we're kind of we're kind of in at this point. And Aquaman was the movie of choice this weekend. It's the sixth movie, kind of in the DC universe as it exists right now, you know. So that is Man of Steel, that is Batman vs. Superman, that is Wonder Woman, that is Justice League, that is Suicide Squad, and now it's this. Uh, next year and going forward who knows what the DC cinematic universe is going to look like we might not have Ben Affleck anymore we might not have um, uh, Superman anymore we might be we we got a Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie coming out Mm -hmm. it's gonna get weird okay and what better way to start off with the weird phase of the DCU with Aquaman which is batshit crazy like Big-time fantasy world-building type stuff. Um, You know, not as much of a superhero movie, you know, but it's a superhero movie. And it's got a pretty big cast. We got, obviously, Jason Momoa is coming back. Cal Drogo, he's coming back from Justice League as Arthur Curry as Aquaman. We have Amber Amber Heard as Mira. We have Willem Dafoe as Volko. Patrick... One of my perennial favorites, I love seeing Patrick Wilson get work. And fortunately, um, James Wan, the director of this, started with like the Conjuring movie. Well, he started with the Saw movies, but kind of moved into the Conjuring movies. And him and uh, Patrick Wilson sort of have a nice rapport here. So Patrick Wilson's in here playing King Orm slash Ocean Master. Shout out to Dolph Lundgren getting some actual, getting actual roles here. Uh, Despite the fact that green screen, probably not the greatest asset to a good Dolph Lundgren performance. Probably not. Uh, We got Nicole Kidman. Holy shit. We got Tamara Morrison. We got a relatively new relative newcomer. And this I'm just going to I'm going to try my best. But I think it's Yaya Abdul Mateen. Sounds right. Sounds right. As uh, Black Manta, who's great. In the movie, Randall Park is in this, Graham McTavish, a shitload of people are in this movie, Um, and it's Aquaman, you know, he talks to fish, he's king of the sea, it's a little bit more of a grand, uh, you know, grand fantasy epic, you know, fighting for the throne type situation, Not, not entirely dissimilar from Black Panther, if we're being honest. A little flipped, maybe. The brother-on-brother action. Brother-on-brother action. Outsider coming in, trying to change the ways that the insiders are working Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But essentially, it's Arthur Curry. We get his general origin kind of told in flashbacks. Born to a lighthouse keeper father and Atlanta, you know, who was uh, queen of Atlantis. Yep. Um, And, you know, he... Doesn't want to be king. He doesn't want to do anything. He just kind of wants to chill out, maybe save some people here and there and go to the bar, miss an happy hour. Can't have it. Right. So ultimately, though, he's convinced that he has to fight his way to the position of king of Atlantis because his brother Orm wants to take it to the surface, like wants to the surface dwellers, as they call them, have been populating the seas, have been waging war. He's not entirely incorrect. But Arthur's like, no, we can't do this. You can't just wipe out the entire surface. Along the way, we get I mean, we get all kinds of shit. We get a little under siege, we get a little romantic comedy in in Sicily. We get a little Indiana Jones action, a little national treasure action, a little avatar, a <laughs> little mermaid, some Tron thrown in there. There's a lot of shit happening in this movie, David. Oh, yeah. Um I mean, it there's it's it's a big swing. You know, this movie's a big, big swing by James Wan. They are throwing everything on the board. Like Atlantis fully realized, bioluminescence, drum playing octopuses, krakens. No stone is unturned here. Um, so, but that being said, it's a long movie too. It it's is. It's almost two and a half hours, right? Woo. So, with all of that being said... You know, how'd you feel about everything that's going on? Did it mostly work for you? Did it put a cohesive, relatively cohesive story together to follow along? Were you emotionally invested? You know, it was one of those movies that was
1: kind of like it was so crazy that it worked. Um, (laughs) Yeah. It also. You felt like and I think it started a little bit with with Jason Momoa and his, his lead role. Sure. And I don't think anybody's going to confuse this role and this performance with like some kind of great acting worthy performance. I mean, it's not an
0: Oscar, but movie he at all. seems,
1: he seems fully invested in enjoying himself in this role. Oh, sure. Um, which I think by the promotions and things, and we'll talk about that a little bit more, I think he fully is. Um, but I think, um, despite the fact that there is so much in this movie like i like like you said yeah there's like 20 different kinds of movies packed into one yeah um it is a fun ride like it's not without its issues and we'll talk through issues yeah sure but it's a really enjoyable film to watch like despite the fact that it's almost two and a half hours long Mm -hmm. like i would watch it again sure and there's not many movies that are two and a half hours long that I'm like, I'll go and see that again.
0: Especially after just recently seeing it. Absolutely. Usually you got to get your mojo back for it. I agree. To me, this movie is a lot like some of the best comedies ever made um, are that way because they are just throwing as many jokes at you as possible. And you forget the bad ones and you remember all the good ones. Case in point, you know what nobody talks about? The entire jazz flute sequence of Anchorman. Mm-hmm. You know, that one was a real big swing, but everything else in that movie is getting thrown at you so fast that you remember so much of it that it's a comedy classic. I think the same is true here, but not with comedy, but with like comic book shit, you know, like this, like you said, this movie goes from a submarine battle to, uh, you know, underwater battles to battles in the desert to battles in Italy to giant sea monsters and and tsunamis like literally everything ocean related in terms of action you 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 got it right mm-hmm. you got a kingdom of crab people you got horror elements you got with the with the crazy fish angler people mm-hmm. um the trench the trench which is a dope name for just like a group of bad guys mm-hmm. and it it works like it works you're right in that Momoa has just this this bro charm, this surfer bro charm about him that works, and it really makes him likable, and and he's having a blast, everybody's having a blast in this movie, I mean, Nicole Kidman gets to kick all kinds of ass in this movie, Say for nothing, you know, that she's playing the mother to two people who are, like, within... You know, five to seven years of her age range. Like Nicole Kidman's fifty-one, Patrick Wilson is forty-five. So, yeah. so with you know, regardless, Nicole Kidman still looks like a million bucks, um, de-aged or not. Um, Patrick Wilson. Well, Momo's thirty-nine, so it's not it's like not that <laughs> far off either, <laughs> no. you know. And and Patrick Wilson's supposed to be playing little brother. Because yeah. Momoa was born first, or yep. Aquaman is born first, so that's yeah. Let's we're not going to worry about. It. Clearly, this movie <laughs> does not care about ages. Sure, um, but I love Patrick Wilson in this movie because I just like seeing him play this big villain, giving all these speeches and yelling and shit like that. Atlantis and and stuff like that, and that, that's really fun. Amber Heard is pretty good as kind of like the sidekick love interest. Um, she gets some good action moments and stuff like that. She's, you, you there's this whole sequence in Italy where Aqu- Aquaman is facing off against Black Panther and she's taking on the, the basically like the Royal soldiers. Um, she's great at it. I, I, I enjoyed everybody. Everybody's having a blast in the film. I enjoyed the aesthetic a lot. Um, although I would like to see like. What regular life in Atlantis is like nowadays, you know. Like, obviously, there's the scene, and we're not, you know, without getting into too many spoilers. But when we're shown the entrance of Atlantis, there is way more people than I expected traveling in and out of Atlantis. Sure. And I want to live in that world more. I want to live. I want to see what like the 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 blue collar people in Atlantis are like. Like you what's wanted a, this.
1: You wanted this to be three hours. Sure. Fuck it. I'm in.
0: But, but that's, you know, I always want to see a little bit more because when you see like underwater cities and underwater infrastructure, like I want to know more. I want to know more about what it's like. Like, are there Atlantis version of like streetlights and walk signs? Are there Atlantis versions of, of like, you know, uh, contractors or stockbrokers or... Um, fast food, like what do they do for food? Like, I don't know. So, so that's always a part of when a a world is built or introduced. Like how does capitalism work in this society? Is it a capitalistic society? I don't know. Um, but that I think just goes, I think that is. Of no fault of the movie, I don't even consider that a fault. I consider that a positive in that they've created this world that seems so detailed and seems so filled that I have all these additional questions. And obviously, this film doesn't give a shit about what I care about—a McDonald's from from Atlantis. So I, I'm, I'm well, fine
1: with it. I think I think the thing that it does successfully, and this is actually what from interviews prior to the movie coming out that one uh, director James Wan brought up was that he was kind of aiming for like star Wars underwater. Okay. And I think, and I think you get that. If you think back to the first star Wars, you're kind of engrossed in a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of types of beings that you don't know what they are, right. where they come from. A lot of technology that you're not really sure, you know, how this works necessarily. They explain some, they don't explain others. You get sure. introduced to the force, All that kind of stuff. And I think this film, actually, as soon as I heard that, it kind of resonated to me because I think I draw a lot of comparisons from the standpoint of we're introduced to so much like mythology and history in a a two-and-a-half-hour movie, which obviously isn't enough to cover everything surrounding Atlantis. But I think they do a good job of mixing in, filling you in on certain aspects. Like Mm -hmm. you find out how Atlantis, even under... Ended up underwater. Yeah. Like, you find out that originally they weren't underwater. V- and they were way technically more advanced than the rest of the world. the rest world. of the
0: world. This For being two and a half hours, this movie's really efficient at delivering information.
1: Yeah, and so I think, you, you know, and you kind of, you don't get enough to really understand all the seven factions
0: of right. Atlantis right. or are underwater. Um, but... And there are questions on whether or not, like, Maybe you guys should update your system sure, a little, sure. because if if you require four kingdoms to gain ultimate power, and two of the kingdoms are monster people, and one of the kingdoms has died out,
1: yeah. Hey guys, there's. Only- Basically, it just needs to be unanimous at that point. <laughs> um, but I think that's the that's the thing is, um, like you get teased enough with some of this stuff that yes. If you really want to get, you know, nitpicky, you could get nitpicky, but you could get nitpicky at Star Wars too. Like, of course, if you wanted to, like, be like, "Well, that's ridiculous," like, right? Um, but that's what science fiction is about. It's not always it's about, about everything, be- yeah, and establishing
0: the rules. And they yeah. do a good job of that, even if, even if their rules are. I mean, as stated, flawed. kind of yeah. flawed, Yeah. at least they're established.
1: Yes. And and for the most part, they stick to them, too. Yeah. You know, there's not many things where you're like, well, this doesn't gel with what you've <laughs> been telling me all movie long. So I, I really enjoyed that. And I think um, obviously it helps. Anytime it looks fantastic, sure. and I think this movie looks fantastic. Um, yeah,
0: it looks like it costs a lot of money.
1: Yeah, both underwater as well as above water. I mean, budget for this movie was roughly 160 to 200 million. Sure. Um, so it wasn't cheap, but at the same time, um, for as much was filmed on green screen, other than maybe Dolph, like nothing, nothing really Pretty feels giant. that bad. Yeah. I mean, it, it all fits really well. Looks well. Uh, looks really well. Are really good, um, fits in with kind of the DC tone without being like overly like Zack Snyder-esque. I think
0: it goes even further. I think obviously, you know, with Suicide Squad and with, God, Justice League, they tried to color things up a little bit, you know? Uh, They tried to bring in more humor, bring in more literal color and brightness and whatnot. And with this movie... Like, we're getting full-blown comic book accurate costumes from everybody mm-hmm. that are not muted at all. So, it's not, so like, Aquaman doesn't come out in, like, a, oh, it's silver, but it Basically kind of looks what it gold. what he was wearing
1: in it, Justice League.
0: Yeah, like, exactly. Like, where it's like, well, there's a little bit of gold and green, but it's grungy and it's armory. Yeah. They're like, no, fuck it. We're going to put him in a big gold yellow armor with green armor, and we're giving him a big gold trident. And even, like... Patrick Wilson, Ocean Master, dude wears this silver, wacky-ass fish helmet with a purple bodysuit of armor, right? And that's what he wears in this movie, yep. Black Manta. You know, It's it, obviously
1: it's, stylized to well, fit sure. the film, but it's but it very works. much in line with what they had in the comics.
0: Exactly, and they don't shy away from it. They're not afraid to be like, okay, this is what it looked like in the comic books. I want to make this as realistic-looking as possible. Uh, same thing with Black Manta. Like Black Manta's running around with this big stupid freaking thing on his head, right? And if if you didn't have the right production designers, or you didn't have the right, you know, costume designers, or anything like that, you run the risk of that looking kind of dumb, mm-hmm. you know. But it doesn't. It looks great, and every and it's functional and it's real. It's a real costume. Well, and
1: I think the thing that you benefit from with the DC being so dark. Is that when you apply those pops of color and you go into Atlantis where there's all this color mm-hmm. and you get Amber Heard in her green outfit right. in that background of gray, like it stands out, it's memorable, it it looks fantastic. Like I think all of that really works um, with that backdrop, which a lot of the DC films to date didn't tap into that when it seemed like that was an easy opportunity there. Like um, to make the character stand out and be even more memorable from their appearance standpoint.
0: Right, exactly, exactly. And just that, and that's and you know what? A big credit of that, I think, has to go to James Wan. I think it has to go with the fact that he's going to come into this movie with a big budget and he's just going to swing, you know? Like the last couple Fast and Furious movies that he did. He's just, I'm going to swing and I'm going to make this a big, big, bold movie, you know? This guy, <laughs> in terms of a director you know he started small and then he has gotten you know bigger and bigger and bigger like he did saw right dead silence death sentence insidious the conjuring even the conjuring and the conjuring 2 are structured like action films their horror sequences if you will are big set pieces mm-hmm. you know and then he does furious 7 which is cuckoo bananas that's where they're jumping out of planes and shit and and driving through buildings and whatnot. and that's awesome you know and then now next now it's Aquaman Mm -hmm. and it's just big and bold and bright and he really commits you know it's a like we said it's a big big swing and yeah there are times where it's goofy and yeah like but there are more often times than not it's cool so like okay Arthur talks to fish Okay, he has that superpower in this movie, but it's different than what you're used to seeing. He rides a seahorse, but he looks like a badass doing it, you know? Uh, And again, more often than not, the things in this movie work. Yeah, and that kind of leads me to, you know, I think one of the things that they did, you got
1: Patty Jenkins doing Wonder Woman, which was seen as a huge step forward. Obviously, um, I think a lot of people would put Wonder Woman on par or at least you know in that same area of any of the marvel movies that we have received and obviously well above the other dc movies we had received to that point yeah um and a lot of people so far with the critics have you know really applauded this movie like again no one's calling this a masterpiece but it's it's getting a lot of positive reviews especially comparatively to its other dc movies um and I thought and as I did some research into it I thought one of the things that was interesting was hearing the studio talk about how they felt like uh Jason Momoa really embraced his role of Aquaman. Okay. Um into the promotion of the movie like I think a lot of people saw on social media him doing the haka outside At the, the premiere. The premiere. Yeah. Um but just you know he seemed to be really pumped for this role sure. and obviously fit the role really well like he wasn't a dude that needed to go like Gain forty pounds of muscle to fill out his costume, no. or needed to be CGI'd to look super buff. No. and I and I know, obviously Cavill and and Affleck got buff for their roles. Sure, um,
0: Cavill just seems to be permanently jacked now.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Um, but I think there's something to be say about Momoa and even Gal Gadot, who this is really their first big thing. Like, sure. yes, Momoa had Cal Drogo. But, like, that was a small part, and he was dead. First season. (laughs) First season. Spoiler alert if you're binging Game of
0: Thrones. Sorry, We said
1: this is non-spoilers for the movie, not for Game of Thrones. Yes, yes. It's your own damn fault if you haven't watched the first
0: season of Game of Thrones yet.
1: um, But I think even if you go back to Marvel and what worked for them, Uh like Downey, when you cast him as Iron Man, yes, he had been in a ton of movies, and he was a movie star at that point. But, like... This was his first like franchise, and he really leaned into Iron Man. And you looked at like Pratt and Hemsworth, who were both kind of that was their biggest breaks for them. And like you see him on social media, and they're all about promoting their stuff. And so I think there's something to be said. Like Affleck isn't really running around
0: talking about how he's Batman. Affleck got plenty of other things going.
1: And um, Cavill's got plenty of other things to be done. And and honestly, from his Superman, he never really seemed like. He was really that into being well, Superman. Well, they never
0: gave him the ball. Like, it, yeah. y- you bring up a really interesting point, which is that Marvel, for the most part, has casted its main heroes um, by following the heat. You know, they go to who they... I mean, da- Downey notwithstanding, Downey was a gamble. Yeah. Um, because Downey was a big star and then fell from grace and then slowly built his way back up again. But all the guys, all the Chrises, you know, Pratt, Hemsworth, Evans... They cast because, not because they were big stars, but because they fit the role, you know? Um, ScarJo was probably the biggest one at the time. Um, But you look at all of their casting, even their newer casting, like Brie Larson. Brie Larson ain't in any gigantic franchise right now. She's an Oscar winner, sure, but she's not a superstar, you know? No. Um, And so same thing is true here. Like, I think they started with, when they cast Henry Cavill, Cavill wasn't anything big. And then they did Batman vs Superman. Are like, all right, we're gonna get a big star. We're gonna get Ben Affleck as Batman, big big star. And then same thing with Suicide Squad. Like, we're gonna get Will Smith, one of the biggest stars on the planet, to play the lead role. And we're gonna get Jared Leto, who's a big Oscar winner, you know, whatever. And then they've kind of backtracked again, where like, okay, never mind. We're gonna cast Gal Gadot. You know, she's an up and coming star. We're gonna cast. Ezra Miller, Mm -hmm. you know, we're gonna cast Ray Fisher, we're gonna cast Jason Momoa, and and we're gonna build our talent, you know, and and DC ultimately just needs the focus, yeah, you know, because you got Shazam coming out with Zachary Levi, who is by no means a gigantic movie star, you know, then you're doing the Birds of Prey film with again, we're bringing back you know Margot Robbie again. But you're also bringing in like Mary Elizabeth Winstead. You're bringing in a bunch of relatively unknown people mm-hmm. um, to be in that movie. Uh, people saying the big rumor is that uh, Ewan McGregor is going to come in as Black Mask for that film. So that's cool. I always believed in casting your big guys as your villains anyway. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You know? Because then you only need one movie for them. Yeah. Um, but I feel like with this, as you said, with Godot, with, 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 Momoa, they just seem like genuinely good people. They're good ambassadors. They're good brand ambassadors. They're good people. You know, you don't hear about Jason Momoa as much of a bro party personality. Like you don't hear him about him getting in bar fights, you yeah. know, and Godot is doing all types of ambassador work already. Yeah, it's just it's good. Like it's a good I understand that every film feels like a course correction. Yeah. <laughs>
1: But but the I think the most frustrating thing for me in in this is that think how much how much different your view of DC would be if you only had the first Superman, Wonder Woman and Aquaman and we hadn't gotten Batman v Superman or Justice League. Yeah. I would be pumped about the yeah. state of where DC this is. This goes
0: back to every time we talk about DC, is that they so fucked up.
1: DC would be in such a good spot there. Like again, like I don't think these three rival like the first three that we got from Marvel, but I think they'd be in the ballpark.
0: I think they're I think if you think you think about Man of Steel, Wonder Woman as it exists, Aquaman yep. as it exists. Those are three pretty bold, confident films to build your universe off yeah, of. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And if you then got, a Batman. you know, uh, Birds of Prey, a Cyborg. That's the thing, though. Justice League didn't need to do a Batman. Like, that's the thing that everybody, like, I, I get it. That's their biggest sure. intellectual property. Sure, Like, that's the most famous of the ones. But it's been done so much. So right. why not leave that as, like... The last person you bring in and you don't even need to do an origin story right on him because it's been told so many times before or, and so tell these smaller ones right. first and then bring in batman to the equation because honestly you don't even need an origin story for batman no like everybody knows who batman is right. you could just bring him in and introduce who batman is and, and everybody and, and people would be fine with it yeah like, I don't need you to show me how he became Batman again. I've seen that Like, we understand
0: times. Batman's been operating. Like, what if Justice League, like, the first, like, 20 minutes of Justice League is a Batman movie? And then he, he defeats us. We're just going to redo Justice League right now. He defeats, like, a mid-tier, one of his villains. Like, yeah. he defeats, like, Killer Croc or whatever. Sure. Boom, send him off. Oh, guess what? He's going to show back up in the Suicide Squad movie. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, bigger threat. Oh, shit, I can't do this on my own. All those other guys you've seen in those other movies, I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna get them now. Yeah. And we're gonna build a team. Like that would be dope. And we could get four movies or five movies building out our other guys and then bring them all together with Batman as the connector. Absolutely. But but
1: But going back to Cavill, we had to get a Justice League out quickly. Just
0: again, unless and I wanna remind everybody listening to this damn podcast. Justice League made 657 million dollars worldwide, okay? Worldwide Black Panther made 40 million dollars more than that domestic. Well,
1: case in point, Aquaman's already made 483. Yeah. And Aquaman is a tiny character compared to relatively what Justice League is. Justice League is a team-up character. Uh you know, it should be compared to It should be getting compared to how Avengers did, not how, you know, small origin story movies.
0: It's a travesty. Like, I don't think it can be said enough how much of a travesty it is for everyone involved, from the director and everybody above. Directors, producers, studio heads, everybody. It is a travesty that the big budget Justice League movie Made that little money. And I understand $657 million. Oh, that's not a little amount of money. In the age where Avengers is pulling in $2 billion regularly, yep. it's a travesty. Sure. But just calm down a little bit. Just going to pump the brakes. Again, Aquaman, Shazam... It looks like they're embracing their weird and they should because DC is weird. DC is a a, a universe full of God level beings. Yep. Right? So you should be weird. Yep. I'm fine with that. Um, so yeah. So now that we've besmirched uh D C and Warner Brothers again for digging this hole, like they did this themselves. Yep. OK, everything is now everything that they come out now is now graded against a curve yeah. and they have to build that trust back. All right. Yep. And they're doing a great job. Yep. You know, I, hopefully Shazam is really good. Trailers look really good. And hopefully these weird little side projects they're doing are good or are weird in a good way. You know, Yep. So with all that being said, David, it's time to talk about what rating are we giving Aquaman? Now, if you've never listened to the podcast before, we have five popcorn ratings. They work a little bit differently than stars, but not entirely dissimilar. So starting with Burnt Popcorn. Burnt Popcorn is movies garbage. Don't waste your time. I could not recommend it. You know, I I got two movies that I'm thinking about. That I watched this year, they're at the bottom of my list that I wouldn't recommend to everybody. I have no good things to say. That's burnt popcorn. Next to that, we have stale popcorn. And stale popcorn's fine. It's better than no popcorn. But you probably shouldn't spend any money on it. You probably shouldn't um, devote any time to it. If you wanted to stream it or red box it, fine, but it's not great. Microwave popcorn is right there in the middle. The the best microwave popcorn can be as good as any other type of popcorn. It's middle of the road. It's fine. It could be great. It could be not so great. Your mileage may vary. Movie theater popcorn is, hey, this movie's pretty good. You should probably see it in the movie theaters. It's not without its flaws, but it's good. It's good for what it does, and you should spend some time in the theater to go see this movie. And then last but certainly not least, we have Perfect Popcorn. This movie's amazing. It's the best that cinema has to offer, and you should go see it as soon as possible. So I'm going to give Aquaman movie theater popcorn. Four popcorns, movie theater popcorn. It's long even though it's a lot of fun, it's long, it's goofy, I didn't have as deep of an emotional connection to it, although I will say there were a couple parts at the end where I was like, all right, that was pretty effective. Um, it's big, it's bold, it's it's a lot of fun. It's still course-correcting, obviously, but I give it movie theater popcorn, four popcorns for me.
1: I'm right there with you. If if I could get a soda with it, I would get a soda with okay. it. It's, not, it's definitely not perfect, but I think for me... It delivered on everything I expected, like, um, and actually went beyond my expectations. So again, I can't give it perfect because it wasn't perfect, but it was pretty darn close to perfect for me, for what Aquaman is, sure. what I expect from this type of movie. Um, it was a lot of fun, and even though it was two and a half hours, I I had a blast with it.
0: Yeah, it's a good time. It's a good time if you if you like big, colorful movies. You'll enjoy Aquaman. I can't see how you wouldn't. Before we get into spoilers, as always, I want to remind all of you listening that you can get this podcast delivered to your ear holes for free just by hitting that subscribe button. Wherever you're listening to us, hit that subscribe button. Give us a like. Give us a rating. Share with your friends. Share with your family. Help us build that good movie buddy community. And speaking of community, of course, we want you to follow us on social media, on Twitter, on Twitter. On Facebook, on Instagram, at the popcorn diet. And then, last but certainly not least, you can find all of our reviews, all of our Oscar predictions, our Oscar primers, all of our articles, all of our latest episodes on our website, popcorndietpodcast.com. But now we're going to talk spoilers a little bit, David, and just talk about just how ridiculous. This all gets talking about favorite scenes and whatnot. So, what was your just a lot of scenes, obviously? What was your some of your favorite parts of this movie coming out of it?
1: Oh man, like you said, there's a there's a ton. There's um, a lot. I enjoyed the basically our intro into Aquaman, the submarine. The, I like the, the submarine.
0: I like some good old submarine action. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Well, and I thought you got. Instantly into the personality of Aquaman Mm -hmm. and um, got to see some good, you know, fun hand-to-hand combat. Nothing too Mm -hmm. crazy. Got to see Um, how
0: he stacks up against human enemies. Yes. Which is important.
1: Yes. Um, So I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed... um, I really enjoyed the Sicily. The whole Sicily part. Okay. From the kind of corny rom-com to the national treasure esque glass bottle looking for the the adventure looking
0: for the doodad
1: yeah even even, but even having to like read into the clues like like a national treasure that's why i think of national treasure very true um and then using like what seems to be a normal bottle to Mm -hmm. see something Mm -hmm. so um i enjoyed that whole aspect of it and then i enjoyed the uh the the fight and action in Sicily as well as as they kind of chased um, okay both okay. of them so those were those were two of the ones that that come to mind that I enjoyed the most um, but I mean I really enjoyed the uh, the other one that comes to mind is the trench scene when they're yeah. uh, When they've got the flare, they start out on the boat, get the flare, they swim through that. I just think that looks really cool. Yeah, Um, it's really came off really well in uh, in theaters.
0: I agree. I think that trench scene um, is great because it allows James Wan to use two hundred million dollars to flex his horror (laughs) muscles. You know, like the guy came from horror. And he makes like his little like fifteen minute two hundred million dollar horror film with these gnarly looking sea creatures. So it's funny. I used so back when I was writing really stupid shit um, way before I went to college for writing and stuff. I had this idea for a movie. It was called Dark Territory, and it was about um, basically discovering a, a lost island. You know, and on that lost island, it was your you know group of adventurers. It was your group of people or whatever. Um, and the monster on the Island was like a fish man hybrid. And I pictured it as having a jaw, very similar to like an angler fish, which is what the trench resembled. So when I saw the trench, I was like, oh shit, that's like the monster that I had in my head. So I appreciated that design. Number one, um, that sequence was great. Uh, oh, same thing as you said, like, I love the sub sequence, I love the, the, the adventure in the Sahara and in Italy because much like National Treasure, I mean, it, to me, it reminded me of Indiana Jones where it's mm-hmm. like, OK, we have to find this artifact and then that will tell us to go to another artifact, which will then tell us how to get to the last artifact. So like the bottle to me felt like the staff of Ra. And how, like, if you positioned it in the right place, it would show you the way. Like, that's literally what the bottle was. Um, The fight was great. Black Manta was dope. But I got to talk about the final sequence of batshit bananas nonsense, (laughs) like Lord of the Rings level aqua fight, you know, where Aquaman literally rides. It's not the Kraken, but it is the Kraken. Might as well be. It's, rides, bigger, it's bigger than the Kraken. Rides on the head of the Kraken. No, I'm going to get it right. Hold on. It is called the Carathan. <laughs> so real fucking different, Aquaman. But it's essentially a giant, eternal squid monster. And when that thing busts up out of the floor and Aquaman's riding its head, I was like, all right, I'm in on this. This is insane. Uh, him fighting, him jumping on the seahorse and, and like surfing on it was rad as hell um both the both of the fights with Orm were really great. I also really liked Orm as a character because again he's justified villain like he's doing evil shit you know but he's justified like his his original Flex move against the humans is to throw all their warships and trash back onto the land. I'm like, okay, I'm into that. I'm willing to bet King Orm that you would have anywhere between forty-eight and fifty-one percent political support up here on the land. <laughs> like, like he wasn't unjustified, you know. Especially when you see what in in the modern, you know, in in our surface dwelling ways, the harm that plastics cause to the ocean, the harm that we've caused to things like the Great Barrier Reef and whatnot. Sure. Dude's got a point. Dude has a point, point. and I liked at the end that he wasn't so villainous that he's like, you're gonna have to kill me, you know? Like once he realized his mother was alive, and once he realized that like you defeated me in fair combat, like he he gave up. He's like, all right, you got me, I'm going to jail or I'm going to fish jail or whatever. And even Aquaman says to him, like you're not a lost cause, you know? Like, when you're ready, let's have a conversation. I like that. I like I liked that in in because it's so different from the other DCU villains that we've gotten so far, your Steppenwolves and your fucking Lex Luthers and even Ares, you know, from Wonder Woman are just like these. Well, I crave chaos and destruction, you know, when in reality, Orm has a very good point. And so I like that about him a lot. I think that that works pretty well.
1: Yeah, well, and I, I think a couple other things <laughs> that I wanted to shout out. Uh, one, I really enjoyed the dynamic. I thought on screen it came off really well, and I just enjoyed the dynamic too of uh, Arthur Curry and his dad, of yeah. Jason Momoa and his dad.
0: That's the part that got me. So at the end, when yeah. he when he was saying like he oh how's your father? It's like he walks to the pier every day. Yeah. I was like that's deep. And yep. then when he walks to the pier and she's there, I got a little I got right. a little dusty. I'm not yeah, gonna yeah, lie. Yeah, yeah
1: yep. Um, but I really enjoyed that. I thought that came off well because I think sometimes like. Those things are kind of just throwaways. Like, sure, they don't. You don't really feel it. you're like in in a movie that's so much action and such a big budget. Like, right. sometimes that doesn't come off as effective as what it's meant to be. Like, um, you know, whether it be like Superman and and uh, and his fam back sure. home, you sure. know, and stuff like that. Sure. Um, or Spider Man and Aunt May, you know, like you always have that like human element, and it doesn't always come off um as well as it as it should no because it gets washed up by all the other stuff but i that was something that was memorable to me in there too um exactly <laughs> also
0: not for nothing but you know props to them for casting momoa who's a pacific islander he's born in hawaii yep. his father's a new zealander and his mother's from australia yeah like they they kept that shit real you know pacific islands so sure. you know good on them all, Absol- all
1: the way around absolutely what were some of the things that you thought were the most absurd? I mean, you could pick from a long list sure. of absurd things, but.
0: um, I mean, very few things top the octopus drumming. Like, that is <laughs> as but brief
1: as it was. Supposedly, that's from the comics. Though. It is.
0: And, yeah. and again, credit to them from pulling crazy shit out of the comics. But, like, there is a, a quick shot. It's by no means like an extended sequence or anything of an octopus banging war drums before the duel. That's. Fucking crazy! Um, the entire final battle's insane. Uh, the, the 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 dinosaur island in the center of the earth, like some real Jules Verne shit, is in this movie. Um, those have to be like my top three. Like the, the the octopus drumming, dinosaur island, and just the final battle in general. Is so crazy. The first thing that comes to mind to me is the.
1: I'm so excited. I don't know what it is. <laughs> the Black Manta getting absolutely <laughs> crushed with a giant boulder, like pure stone, like yeah. Yeah. two giant balls in chain, like a ball in chain, like medieval like style. Like 300 pounds
0: each, at, at least. At a
1: minimum, thrown at him, basically at his neck, if I remember yeah. right. Maybe more in the body. Yeah, like a bolo. Literally hits like every single rock on his way down to the ocean. Yep. And into the ocean. And into the ocean. And yet somehow he survives. And here's my thing is he's a human. Like true. He's not he's not a from Atlantis. So it's not like he's got special powers or anything. Yeah, like like
0: he can drown. Like, yes, he's wearing a suit, but I mean, come on now. And so. not to mention that, on top of that, number one, yes. Also, I loved that. But I num- enjoyed it. But number two, like, he falls into the ocean near the land. Yeah. And then in the mid credit scene, he is found floating out on a piece of rubble that, like, on a piece of, like, debris. Yeah. Where, where did A... Where did the debris come from? B, how did the debris not get washed onto shore, but instead washed further out to sea? Mm -hmm. Whatever. I don't know. I'm in. I want more Black Manta. I'm cool with it.
1: Yeah. That was interesting. Um, (laughs) I enjoyed the uh, Julie Andrews. That was just mind boggling to me in general. It
0: kind of worked though, right?
1: It did. Yeah. But it was hilarious to me that on a weekend that we got Mary Poppins Returns, we got Julie Andrews. As some giant mythical yep. kraken-like I'm not gonna, creature.
0: I'm not going to cameo in this movie that <laughs> the sequel of which is I start in 40 years ago or however long it was. I'm going to do this movie mm-hmm. where I get to play the giant creature of the deep. Yep. I'm yep. into it, Julie Andrews. That's a good flex. That's, I like it. I would do that too. I like it. But yeah, and I mean,
1: you could go through and find little things here here and there, anything, but it's a sci-fi movie, so it's supposed to be absurd. Did
0: anything like not work for you? Was there anything that was like, okay, that's a little much?
1: Um, the only <laughs> one that comes to mind maybe a little bit is the timing of the reveal on Volko, or is it Volko?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. William character. character.
1: Like, um, like Patrick knew, Wilson's character, Orm's... Orm sits there with him the whole time then when he reveals that he knows like he acts like he's known forever yeah it was just weird the timing that he decided like it wasn't like he was using defoe to like get information or tricking him and we have no sign that other than like we never saw like you knew he was you know obviously helping aquaman behind his back so like you're looking at Patrick Wilson's character like seeing like does he know does he not right. like you're waiting you know that's gonna come at some point right um but
0: Patrick Wilson never has like a three second scene where he like turns and gives a suspicious glare
1: yeah and he doesn't ever like you know there's the one scene with um uh when Dolph first shows up sure. and they're talking through it and he asks him what he thinks right and we know he's against what's happening but right he answers more in like, you know, I stand by whatever you decide type of thing. Right, right, right. Um so that was a little weird. Um, other than that, I mean, no, I didn't have a whole lot that didn't work for Yeah, me.
0: I guess so. That's fine. I like Willem Dafoe playing a good guy. Like good, good, good on him.
1: You're just you're just waiting for him to make a bat, a heel turn the right, whole movie. Right.
0: He got that Marvel money already in Spider Man Green Goblin, so now he's getting that DC money. I appreciate yep, it. Yep. So here's a question. To wrap it up. Obviously. DC wants a sequel. You know, we're set up with Black Manta still alive. We're set up with him declaring, I am Aquaman, shit like that.
1: Well, we, and you also have,
0: uh, what's the doctor's name? Dr. Steven Shin. Stephen Shin. Yep. Which I also liked how they peppered him throughout in news broadcasts. Like, Atlantis exists, you people. Don't you see this? And they're all like, you're a lunatic. So it would make sense that he's driven to find Atlantis. Yep. yep. I'm, I'm, I'm in for more Aquaman. I tell you what I would like to see. This kind of goes back to what I was saying before. I would like to see Aquaman deal with, like, a street-level Atlantis villain. Like, like, I don't know. That's that's all I got. That's my pitch. Street-level <laughs> Atlantis villain. Like, not royalty, not anything like that. Just, like, a regular dude who's pushed over the edge. I don't even know if that fits. But uh, that's what I would like to see.
1: I would love, and I don't know, I this would be, anybody who's listening can, can give us feedback whether... Um, you know this is a massive bad guy or not um but when you go on the web and you look up aquaman villains sure we knocked out f- three of them in 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 one yep uh the trenches is one of the ones that's referenced ocean master is another one and black manta is another we know we're going to get more black manta sure um some of the other ones that you have in there are siren king shark
0: um i'd see king shark
1: king That'd shark King Shark could be a fun that'd like that'd be dope. Uh teaser one in the beginning. Um that could be a good one. But in general, I think what I what I look for them to do is is continue what they've done here. Like I don't want to pull back from the weirdness in the second one. Like Oh no, I don't want I don't want to make it more approachable uh more you weird. know or that kind of thing. I want I want to stay in this weird element. Um it was interesting to read though too. Supposedly Jason Momoa already wrote like where he thinks this direction should go hey. and and kind of pitched it to the studio I'm so i there for it i'll um, be there it, it'll it be fun regardless and and i'm fine with them taking some time the nice thing about getting people like jason momoa is it's not like he's the next big thing where like no. you're, can gonna, make you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna battle to get his availability like that was kind of the downfall of henry cavill and the ridiculous mustache stuff <laughs> was that like he's blew up shortly after superman and like He's got other jobs and things that he wants to do and Mission Impossible was incredible. So it's like he's committed to those things too, so it's harder to keep them reoccurring over and over again.
0: For sure, for sure. But regardless, as long as they don't screw up their plans, I'm there for another Aquaman. Yep. So, cool. Well, as always, I think that that puts the that puts the Trident in it. Remember, you can subscribe to this podcast for free. Hit that subscribe button. Give us a like. Give us a rating. Follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, at The Popcorn Diet. And for all of our reviews, articles, Oscar predictions, Oscar primers, and episodes, go to our website, PopcornDietPodcast.com. But for the Canadian machine, Mr. David Melhorn, I am your very best good movie buddy, Rick Williamson, and we'll see you next time with another good movie on The Popcorn Diet. Adios.